0: The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers.
1: I just want you to apply Faith, application. Make application of faith. Sometimes I think what happens is we uh, talk about faith, but and sing about it, <laughs> shout about it. Uh, but if you ask and look at the evidence of people's lives, you say, "What do you have to show me that you've been living for faith?" You know, don't don't show me something that you can do without faith. Now, because we can, I know how. We, Anybody can show you that, (laughs) people who don't even know God. But this faith that I'm talking about does the impossible. It brings forth things that are are impossible for a person to do, you know, without it. And so um, I want to talk about some things here today. Um, And it's a couple of things we might want to put as a title to this. I think one of the good titles is, is Living from the Inside Out. Let's go to Romans first. In Romans in chapter 8, he says here, I'll start reading here at verse 5. He says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded or sensory minded, the senses, the eyes, ears, nose, so forth, For to be carnally minded or sense minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity, that means against, it's an enemy, Um, enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, the law of faith, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Powerful. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. So living from the inside out. Now I have two parts of this that I'm going to talk about today. Um, Maybe I'll first talk about vision. Vision. All right. Now, What is vision? And I have a couple of definitions down here for you, things that you can say that vision is. This is what vision is. Vision is a strong mental image of the future, a strong mental image of the future, vision. One man says vision next to the Holy Spirit is the most powerful thing uh, in the earth, vision, vision. Vision also is... A clear picture of conditions that do not currently exist. A clear picture of conditions that do not currently exist. It's a mental picture of your destiny. A mental picture of your destiny. Now, if you look in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 37, you'll see that... um, Joseph had a dream, and you could say that he had a vision. And look what he says here in Genesis chapter 37. He says here, And Jacob dwelt, into verse 1, in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And these are the generations of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old, and was feeding his flock with his brethren. And uh, the the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report." Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Let's come on down here, He gave him a coat of many colors. That, that's that's, 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 that's uh, something akin to the body of Christ, all the different ethnic groups coming together. This is not some kind of uh, movement that's going on out there. <laughs> this is different people coming coming together and look what it says here. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. So here this jealousy builds up because the father favored Joseph. Okay. Now verse five, and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren. And he said unto them and gave them and described the dream that he had. Well, he said that you were bowing down to me and so forth and so on. And then um, verse 9, it says, and Joseph brings a dream again. And you'll find that the clearer the vision, the faster the acceleration towards that goal, things will happen. So here's this vision that he dreamed. And now the vision is is, is told to his father and his father rebuked him. He said, what is this dream you've dreamed? Well, what Joseph had dreamed, he had dreamed really that he is going to be a key ingredient or component or person used by God to provide for Israel during a time of great famine that he was going to be used to get provisions uh covenant provisions to God's people and that Joseph was going to be used to that so you can sometimes you know look at young people and God has a big plan for for young people a lot of times we think young people, well, wow, they're getting in trouble, so forth and so on. Oh, did 17 years old. And it's, look at this big vision and uh, so forth. Well, because of his brothers hating him and so forth, then um, what happened was they um, took him and, and, and put him in a pit first and and then they decided, well, they decided to kill him first, but they decided not to kill him and, and, and to put him in a pit and, and, and then they sold him and they sold him to a traveling band. Of of uh, Ishmaelites that were traveling, they were business people, and they were traveling and of course doing business like the world because it was buying and selling people as well. That's that's um, that's that's called slavery, and and that's that's not a part of of God's plan for us. And so, what they did, and he, you know, went on down to Egypt, and they sold him down here in Egypt in um, Genesis chapter uh, thirty nine, and he worked. And was sold to a man named Potiphar and began to work for him. Now, all this vision that I'm talking about here, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is that there are some things that were consistently working in Joseph that if you want to bring forth a vision, they're going to have to work in you. And so the first thing I said here is that Joseph received God's thoughts. Joseph received God's thoughts. Now, that's the first thing that has to happen. If you remember over in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, he says, I know the plans that I have for you, okay, and the thoughts that I have for you. He, He said that. And why? Because there are plans that God has for you that only God can give to you. And so you've got to be open to receive God's thoughts. Now, I'm connecting this together with the second part that I'm going to read here. Because um, God, because you've been born again, God has made you his righteousness. And this righteousness, consciousness, is something that you have to have to receive from God. You'll find that people feel guilty, shame, so forth, all of this kind of stuff. It's very difficult for them to receive from God. Um, One night, I said this before, when I was preparing a message, I was in Minnesota, and this was when... Uh, we had, had gone, we, what happened is is we had started a church in Minnesota before we started church here in, in Chicago. I was with IBM before that, and I knew Minnesota because that's where I was last stationed with IBM and, or or employed. And so I knew it, so we started a little church there. But one night, Saturday night, I was praying for a message. Lord, give me a message. Do people need a message? To so forth and so on? And his voice said, I heard it very clearly, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get a message. You say, how do you come to me? Well, I was trying to come to God as a beggar or as a victim. And none of those can receive, won't receive. And you'll find that it's coming out of line with God's covenant and that won't work with God. You, you've got to uh, agree with God and what he said about you. Now we're going to cover some of that hopefully today but you're going to have to agree with God and what he said about you for you to allow God to be able to download things in your life because all unrighteousness, he said in 1 John chapter 5, is sin. And unrighteousness is unworthy, um, sin conscious, um, feeling inferior, all that is sin. And what does sin do? It separates you from God. It doesn't draw you near to God. And so that, that that won't help you. And so I'm, I'm trying to get God to move out of line with his word and he's not going to do it. I said, what are you doing? I said, well, you, 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 um, you know, he said, how do how does the Bible say come before me? Cause all of it's written. I said, said come boldly to the, he said, well, why don't you do that? I mean, I'm hearing all this playing out in my mind. I said, well, in the name of Jesus, I'm you will come to work. Here come to word. And so I'm saying here that all of this God had for me, but I had to get in, into the position to receive it. And I was out of place. And, and to get this into my, my heart, so forth and so on and so forth. And I did. And, and, and that sermon was, it, I mean, it was a powerful sermon. But it just rolled right through me. So the first thing you got to do is receive from God. Jealousy, backbiting, all of that, that cuts you out from the voice of God. You can't hear with all of that get 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 come on back, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that somebody has has done something to you, forgive them or whatever have you, put yourself in the place to receive all right, so the first thing here uh I said here is that um Joseph had to uh receive this vision now there's a couple other things that I want to show you here, uh if you will. Let's go to Nehemiah. Now I'm talking about still receiving from God. Verse 12 of chapter 2, he says this, And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me, and neither told I any man what my God had placed or put in my heart. Notice God puts it in there. Isn't that something? So in this vision, God puts it in there, and he puts it in there um, so that you can carry this out. So the first thing is a thought. Boom! gives a thought, and you've got to hang on to that thought. You've got to hang on to that thought. See if it's too big, you're just, uh, people just just brush it off. You know, uh, what is that? You know, <laughs> you know, I just had a thought, uh, get out of here, you know. No, there was God, because he's giving you a thought that he has to bring to pass. He's not giving you a thought of something you can do with the human ability. He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. He's saying by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, are you going to be able to bring his thoughts to fruition? So you need to be open to foolish thoughts. And that's what I was. I had to open up to some thoughts that I've never thought before. And open up, and he's speaking, folks. It's just like the sun shining. It never stops shining. The earth just rotates out of a place where in America or Africa or wherever you're listening to me, it just rotates in a place where the sun is not shining on that side of the earth, but the sun is shining. God is always communicating, always, always communicating. And um, so Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you. Also in Isaiah 55 verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are your thoughts. So you got to get ready for some big thoughts. Now I've got a feeling God wants to do some big things, but he's dealing with small minded people. <laughs> okay, we'll cover that in Jabez in just a minute. But, but my point to you is we've got to expand and, and be able and be willing to receive uh, thoughts that are bigger than any thoughts we thought thought before, bigger than anything we could do. See, a lot of times people don't receive it because they look at money. <laughs> As you well, you know, this God, that is not no 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 no. Whatever God, however God guides, He provides. All right, and then also in Philippians chapter four and eight, He tells you what to think. He says, "Now I want you to think on these things: whatsoever things are good and pure and perfect and lovely and true and honest, so forth. Think on those things. Don't think you're going to catch something." That is not the right thought. And what that enemy does, he comes in with impure thoughts because he knows that you receive things through thoughts. It's a seed, but it's a thought. And he knows your seed, so he'll try to come in with another thought that people will think, well, I'm gonna catch this or something like that and so forth. And next thing you know, they they take that thought and they incubate it. And next thing you know that thought becomes a thing. All right, so uh Isaiah um forty-five and one my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So notice what Joseph started doing. He started talking about this thought. He started talking about this. So the next step is idea. The thought becomes an idea. It's, now it's getting bigger. Now it's, it's getting, getting some, some uh, strength to it. Now it becomes an idea. And I put here an idea is a concept of a thought. It's the concept of a thought, a concept is something uh which uh anything is is contained in such as a vessel or something like that the, the, it, it, it's, it's it's a a concept in in and you, you say hey let me let me just let me explain to you the concept and maybe you can give me the word for it, but let me give you the concept of it, and that's what you do you, you conceptualize a house or conceptualize uh, how you can strategize and get more business. So so it's, 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 it moves on to this, this idea of the, I, the idea of the idea. (laughs) Praise God. So you want an idea. So you're moving it through to, into the, the reality realm. Now you're moving it to the reality realm. Now before something becomes reality outside, it must become reality inside. Now let me show you that. And that's found over here in Mark's gospel. All right? And Mark chapter 4. Here's Jesus teaching on the sower, soeth the word. That's verse 14. And then in verse 26, he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground that he'd sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. All this is the way of vision comes to pass now, how making dreams come true. And look what he said in verse 28. For the earth bringeth forth of her, uh, fruit of herself First the blade, then the ear, and then the full corner of the ear. So if you meditate a thought too long, it'll come forth as something. And I don't care what it is. You're just made like that. But see, you were never made and designed to receive or have an evil thought. See, that, that didn't happen until Adam sinned in the garden. Now the enemy is competing for your thoughts. And then, trying to, and then Eve took a wrong thought. She took a thought that God was holding back something from her. In in Adam, and she didn't do it, you know, maliciously. The Bible says she was deceived, but she ate him out of house and home. <laughs> I mean, both of them did, and got put out of the garden. Why? Because now they're opening up, open themselves up to good and evil, and it was only to be good. And look at the next verse here. And he says, in verse twenty-nine, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. So. When the food is first brought forth on the inside, on the inside of you, living from the inside out now. So it's brought forth first on the inside. You could see it. You could see it when you could see it like that. And when I saw the fact that I wasn't going to go broke by leaving IBM and going into the ministry, I left. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And see how that vision is so powerful that when you can really see things, you'll move on things that people will say, I mean, the people around me, I'm telling you, they, some of them didn 't speak to me when I said I was leaving. Some of them warned me Pastor, you 're leaving at the wrong time. The economy is down right now or, or bill you 're leaving at the wrong time. the economy is down, and so forth. But hey, what I saw was bigger than what they could say. You know what i mean they it was It was huge, and when you can see it right see and that 's why he says i 'll get it on down here but he said. He said, you know, um, uh, when, when Habakkuk says, write the vision, make it plain. He said, wait for it. And guess what he's saying? See, it'll surely come. He said, wait for it. See, and sometimes people try to jump, jump out on assumption. Um, and it's not real, real, um, uh, believing. All right. So, the next thing. So, first is a thought. Next is an idea. And then the next is imagination. Imagination. Now, this is where uh, the enemy really comes to try to come because he knows this is probably the last stop that he's going to have a chance to get this thing out of you, which is growing inside of you. But it, it becomes imagination. Now, if you look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse three, for the thought for 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 though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the enemy is competing for your thought life. You know, you even try to come in on your dreams and make you dream something, mm-hmm. some crazy dream. And so, forth. Well, he, why he knows sometimes the, the the mind and the imagination is unprotected at that time. And so sometimes before we go to bed, just plead the blood of Jesus over your mind, you know, and, uh, and so forth. But, but here this imagination, so we've got to cast down every thought that is not, not of God. And, and, and the thoughts of God bring peace. I mean, it may be something that seems to be un, 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 undoable in the natural, but there's something about it that brings peace. The wisdom of God brings peace with it. And, and so as we just conceive this, conceptualize it, move towards the uh, what we call the mental uh, reality first, mental reality first in our spirit. And then, and now this thought which changes ideas into a plan. It changes ideas into a plan, this imagination. So now we're changing this thing into a plan. We're getting a plan now uh, of how we're going to do this. This is a plan of how we're going to do this. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. He said, write the vision, okay, and make it plain. And so we're going to write it with the pen of a ready writer, our tongue. So we can first write it that way. Then we're going to take a piece of paper and we're going to write down what's inside of it. Everything is created twice, no matter what it is. And so we're going to write it down on a piece of paper. We're going to write this vision and so forth down. And now we're going to make it plain. He said, make it plain that those that read it can run with it because you have employees or whatever have you should have a visionary statement about your business or ministry should have a visionary statement about it. And it'd be good to have all your employees to memorize it and so forth and so on. What are they doing? They're coming in line with your vision. This is not their ministry. God called you to head up that ministry or that business or whatever have you and understand that you, you have the overall vision. So you're the one that keeps everybody on course. In other words, somebody strays off course, you're the one can detect it. They may not detect it. You can detect it and be able to bring them back on course and so forth like that. So they have pieces of the vision. You have the whole vision. All right. And then uh, also, and for your household too, a vision of what you want to do. A lot of people don't have a plan, so they don't get anywhere. <laughs> it's like Alice in Wonderland. You know, any road will get you there. <laughs> so this old cat that was—remember uh, that cat that was up a uh, Cheshire cat, I guess it was—that was up in the tree. It was, it, it's kind of an interesting—it's kind of an interesting story, though. It really is. And so, um, what you want to do is—is is start, of course, uh, speaking that vision, declaring these things now, and so forth, and uh, also. It says, wait for it, for it will not tarry. It will surely come. So it'll come. So this, writing it down and so forth. So after you've gone through first, you've got to, um, you know, receive that vision or get a thought. All right, here comes a thought. Now you've got to get an idea from that thought. You hold on to that thought. You know, he said over in, uh, in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter um, six, he said, take no anxious thought. So you can take a thought or you can let it go. You can take it or let it go. And you can take an anxious thought. A a person is able to do that. And that's a thought that will start making fearful and so forth. You can take that. But also he wants you to take his thoughts. So grab it. I'm up there preaching sometimes. That thought comes by me so fast. I grab a pinch and hold, hold on. I'll tell the congregation, hold everything. Let me write that down. I don't know why it doesn't stop. I have no idea. God I, will I, I'll, review that to me on earth or I'll get it when I get to heaven. But those thoughts, shoom, I mean, they come through. And if you look at a boat of lightning, it's kind of like that. You, you, you see it and so forth, and, and now you don't. <laughs> you know. But you've got to catch it. And now you've got to take it and suspend it. You've got to hold on to that thought. And that thought, if you do that, you start thinking about it and pondering it. It turns to an idea. All right, And then the idea turns into the imagination. And now this imagination will move you. Just like you're in the bed and get a dream and you dream a nightmare and you wake up and sweating. Well, you never went anywhere, did you? But your imagination told you that you did. And as a result of that is so strong till it can, you know, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear. What are they taught? This imagination takes over. Next thing you know, fear is a force. It'll stop the heart. And so people would die because of that. So it's just kind of interesting how this thing plays out. And then um, there are two phases uh, to every implementing every uh, dream. And that is one, the phase of the planning and then the phase of the uh, execution. So planning and execution. And usually the planning phase takes a little bit longer. A lot of people don't like to To do this phase, because this phase takes the most thought time. And you gotta stay in this phase a little longer, and you gotta really plan it, and take a few days. I mean, thoughts will come to you, God will wake you up in the morning, you get another thought to that, or another thing, and so forth and so on. Sometimes you have to sit still. Uh, A lot of times the TV takes (laughs) takes away people's ability to (laughs) really think. But um, what happens is, because it's television, it's trying to tell you somebody else's vision. God has got you with a vision, see? He put in Nehemiah's heart what to think. Over in uh, Acts chapter 26, uh, Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. See, there's a vision from heaven. All right, so next thing you know, execution, and this is a time that you... Do what is is done there and and how you do it, usually we call it selectivity is is where um, there there are different ways that it can be done, God gives you the way that this is going to be done, and so forth and so on, and then you execute it. You have to make this dream a reality. And we got everything to help us. We got things that the world doesn't have. The world does not have angels to help you. The world does not have the Holy Spirit to help you. The world does not have the gifts of the Spirit to help you. So forth. He's got all these things. Why? Because you're gonna plan by faith and not by time.
0: Today's message was from our Facebook Live series, Talking Faith. The full message is available in its entirety free of charge on our YouTube channel at Dr. Bill Winston. Don't forget to subscribe and click the notification bell to make sure you get our latest videos. Want more content related to today's message to build your faith? Order Putting Faith to Work. In these times, developing your faith is vitally important. When faith is fully developed, you begin to talk, think, and act like God.
1: If you treat your faith like a seed, you'd plant it. And you'd plant it by saying it. Once you speak it, the soil of your heart grabs it. This is putting faith to work. You can't say what you see. You got to say what he said. When you say what he said, he can watch over his word and make it good. Now speak the word only. Faith is your servant. Now put him to work.
0: Open your spiritual eyes and allow God to excite your imagination to see your greatest destiny. In Pastor Winston's dynamic teaching putting faith to work. To order on CD or DVD, contact us online at billwinston.org or by phone at 1-800-711-9327. Faith is the key to the kingdom of God that opens the door of your unlimited potential. Order putting faith to work today. The mission of Bill Winston Ministries is to preach the gospel of the kingdom throughout the world. This broadcast has been made available to you through the faithful support of Bill Winston Ministry partners and friends. We invite you to become a partner and join Dr. Bill Winston as he trains believers how to live independent of this world system and have dominion over it. The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers.